It's episode 706 of Pod That with the Jarjour Brothers. And today, as always, for the second time, we're starting off with icebreakers. Um, I'm Sammy Jarjour, the little and brother. I'm, and George. I'm George. Um, as always, we're starting off with icebreakers. Icebreakers are just a nice little way to start conversations, kind of get things warmed up. You know, it's like the stretching of podcasts, Sammy. We want to, you know, talk about some light things, some things that are on our mind, and then we'll get into the meat and bones of the uh, podcast. So I guess you could call it the little appetizer or an Applebee's or, the, two for, the two for 20. This is the appetizer. I mean, we're gonna or you can call that. it what it's called, the icebreaker. I know, but I, I, I was I wanted to keep going with it. It's an icebreaker. People know what that is. Yeah, I was going to say, no, it's like, now you're talking about appetizers, confusing people. It's an icebreaker. So for today's icebreaker, um, we are going to start with Kevin Durant saying something kind of insane again today, which he, he tends to do, um, at least from my opinion. As I sit here with the, some random Seattle basketball shirt, and we talk about Kevin Durant, who I was fully prepared to love for the rest of my life if he was going to be a Seattle Sonic for life, George. But instead, he became Oklahoma City Thunder because of the team moving. And then he's bounced around to, of course, the Golden State Warriors and Brooklyn Nets. And everyone hated when he went to the Warriors, uh, most people at least. And today he said something that made me hate it even more. Yeah, He said, because the Warriors are not the greatest franchise when he joined. Mm -hmm. He said it was still an underdog franchise despite winning a championship and then going 73 and nine. So he didn't feel like he was joining a super team. He felt like he was joining the underdogs. I mean, in a, I mean, it's a little insane and backwards way to look at things, but if I guess if you, maybe that's why I didn't join the Boston Celtics. He's like, I don't want to join a franchise that has won 17 championships. I want to join a franchise that's won a few championships and to build off that legacy. But it's still a backwards way of looking at it. I mean, w whatever way you want to twist it. Um, Kevin Durant seems... I mean, he even said it himself. He didn't expect the backlash when he joined the Golden State Warriors. And he didn't think that people were going to be so upset about him. He went sleepless nights in a row after he signed with them because he's like, I didn't expect this type of backlash. So now I feel like he tries to retract it and like explain himself too much. And sometimes I think like he's just shits coming out of his mouth that he doesn't really mean. Yeah, he, he, he tends to like, uh, I feel like Kevin Durant has a, as a false sense of reality in sports. I'm not saying in real life. I don't know what he thinks in real life of stuff, but sports wise, I feel like he's just starting to have a false sense of reality. Um, I think, I think you're right. I think his point was more like, you know, when I went there, I, I didn't understand maybe the, how much the craziness, blah, 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 whatever, like how much people are going to be mad. But like, I feel like he's just trying to explain himself and he's just saying things that are a little out of touch. You could have said, I wanted to go to a franchise like you said, not name the Lakers or Celtics that have 20 championships. Yeah. I wanted to go somewhere where I can, you know, that's their first ever back to back. And I was part of that. Right. That's a better answer than calling them the underdogs. It, I just think it's funny. We have, we have, you know, this guy who's just kind of out of touch with a lot of different things and he uh, keeps doing it. And I think quickly before we get on to the rest of the icebreakers, um, I, I just want to say about basketball wise with this, with the Kevin Durant stuff now too, is I don't think he's ever going to win a championship again. And I was pretty certain Brooklyn was going to win a championship this year. And uh, he's so been kind of off that train a little bit. Yeah. And you it seem like you're joining I, me on that train now. Yeah. I, I'm starting to realize with the combination of Kyrie Irving, who's kind of nutty in these ways 
in the combination of James Harden, who's kind of nutty in these ways of, no, James Harden's fine, but just doesn't, hasn't won big games. And then Kevin Durant's starting to become a lot like Kyrie on the on and off the court. I just don't think they're actually going to win a championship. And I'm, act, I'm, I, I think Kevin Durant's going to have a very odd legacy as the dude that went to Golden State, the greatest team ever assembled, won two championships, left, and never did anything again. Yeah, and like, look, could this be totally wrong? Everything you just said, and they end up winning a championship this year? Sure, they really could. Like, they have the talent to do it. But I mean, in one way, I also feel like it's kind of funny that a lot of people who didn't li- didn't like uh, Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors did like that James Harden pushed his way to Brooklyn to join Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Now, there's a difference here. You know, one of them. Golden State was an NBA champion in a dynasty unlike any other. But they're still trying to stack the deck. But I feel like everyone's stacking the deck these days. I have no problem with it. It's just, it's weird how I feel like a lot of people were rooting against Kevin Durant on the Warriors, but now they're rooting for him on the Nets. But then they also don't like him. But some people like Kai. Like, it's just odd. And I, I agree with you. And I, I also think one of the reasons they're not going to win a championship one KD can't stay healthy and Kyrie's insane and somehow James Harden's hurt he's never hurt and number two is it's interesting to me that they think that they can just throw it in a blender and win an NBA championship I mean the t- the three of them have played what seven games together since James Harden's been traded and and what are you just gonna go into the playoffs when it's really hard and you're playing you know a game every other night and you're going to win a championship. I just, to me, the, if they did that, it would be one of the most remarkable feats. Play seven games together, maybe 10 by the end of the season, and then win a championship. Chemistry yeah, it would, it would be done be, on the court. It would be pretty insane if they won after not literally playing like five pickup games together and then winning an NBA championship, you know, making this playoff run. And, it, you know, the East isn't bad. It's not that bad. The Knicks are really good. The Celtics are really good. The the Hawks are good. The Sixers are good. The Bucks are good. It's not like they have a cakewalk after playing seven games together to just come in and dominate the East. It's right. not going to be easy. But I will say this. The last thing I want to say about it, and this could be a conversation for ages, it doesn't confuse me that people don't mind them stacking the deck now. There's no move in the history of pro sports, and I'll say this forever. Like I've, I've tried to do research on this. Is there any other move this bad? There's no move where a guy blew a 3-1 lead to a 73-9 and team because there's never been a 73-9 and team and then joined them the next year. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I think that's it's the, the concept. It's the worst it. move. What? It's the biggest, like, how do you say it? It's the biggest move, but you can find similarities in every move, right? Like, it, it, every move is different. There are similarities. But I agree with you. The way the move to Golden State was the worst possible move. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not, it's not a, I'm not trying to like count nickels and dimes here. I'm just saying, in general, the reason people don't like it is for that reason. And that's, it's just that simple. And people like James Harden and people like Kevin Durant, I think, for the most part. So they're rooting for the Nets. The Nets didn't go 73 and nine last year. And then James Harden's like, I'm joining that. Like you said, you know, they haven't even played much together. It's not like mm-hmm. they have a guaranteed walk into the finals. I think that was the thing with the Kevin Durant stuff is they had a guaranteed. I, I mean, like I said for two years, I was I I there was no chance in hell if they were healthy that they lose an NBA finals, even yeah. against LeBron. So it was like it was totally. kind of like 
this year I still think that Nets team could win or can lose even if they're healthy. So at least there's some parity still. Yeah, true. And one last thing about the East. You're talking about a physical East. You're talking about an East where the teams you just named that are better than the well, not better that the Nets would compete against, like the Celtics. Uh, well, Celtics maybe not, but the Sixers and the Bucks. They're more physical teams than the Nets. Maybe even the Knicks. Yeah, more physical. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Julius Randle, I think could go head to head with uh, any three of. Sammy, imagine that. Guys on the, uh, what was that? Imagine that, bro. That, how cool would that be if the Nets think they're taking over New York and they go to Madison Square Garden and lose the series to the, your guy Julius Randle in the Knicks? It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. It'd be great for New York City, and it'd be a nice slap in the face to Kevin Durant. So I'd be pretty, pretty happy about it. But right, like man. I was saying, they, they. It, they are even the Knicks could be more physical than this Brooklyn Nets team. A, lot, a very fragile Nets mm-hmm. team. Yeah, absolutely. But let's get on to the rest of our icebreakers. Um, and then I know we are going to get to uh, the Seattle Mariners topic here uh, for our Seattle friends. And then we're going to get on to the once was Super League that was supposed to happen in soccer. We were going to compare it to what it would what would it be in college football. Um, and then we got a little surprise topic in the middle. So Let's do these icebreakers. Today we did a nice little long one to start just because, you know, Kevin Durant finds a way into the headlines. <laughs> yeah. And, but in, in a weird way, I don't know why we all care about like his opinion on this stuff either, which is like, we know you went there. It's weird. We do care about yeah. I do. But I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> all right, you want to go with your icebreaker first? It's your, it's your turn, my friend. Well, oh, is that your only icebreaker is the Kevin Durant one? No, no. But we said, just go ahead. <laughs> all right man um so going camping today well not camping glamping i like to call it i don't go camping i don't like to get my feet dirty but um we're going we got a cabin sammy's joining tomorrow uh not today but uh me and a couple of buddies it's gonna be a good time and before we head out there we're stopping at a butcher shop that's really good big uh double d meets here in washington state great butcher shop great double d huh Double D's. The funny thing was, uh, my buddy was like, "Hey, what's the name of that butcher shop?" And I forgot the name. I was like, "I think it's called Big D's Meats." He's like, "No, it's not." <laughs> I was like, "No, no, I really think so." So I googled Close. Big D's, but it wasn't Big D's. It's a Double D's. Um, so I wanted to say, in general, I like butcher shops, and I'm and I was thinking, like back in the day, people used to go to a butcher shop and then go to a fruit stand and a vegetable place. And go to multiple places to get their groceries, like, you know, old school thing. And I feel like butcher shops are one of those things that are underrated in life. And I feel like people should go to butcher shops more often. There's nothing better than a good cut of meat. And, um, but you know, butchers do it best. Yeah. Um, I like butcher shops. I think they're fun. I don't, uh, I think it's good for a occasion. I think you'd get over it if you went to the butcher shop every day. Um, but I, th- well, it depends what kind of butcher shop we're talking because there are certain butcher shops where you can make it a daily thing. If you got like fresh ham and, and turkey and, you know, like okay. lunch meat, but yeah. then there are butcher shops. I've been to double D's butcher shop. It's a little more traditional butcher shop. I'm not getting my everyday meat there. I'm getting my like special occasion meat there. Yeah, I mean, they have your everyday meat. They have the chicken breast. They have the ground beef. They have all that. But I think you're right in that sense because do you really need to waste your time going to a different shop to get your 
chicken breast or your ground beef. No, you'll but you'll spend that time for that bone-in ribeye, for example, or your porterhouse or a brisket. But yeah, you're right. Maybe you wouldn't want to go all the way to a butcher shop out of your way just to go get some, you know, chicken breast. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, at the end of the day, butchers are fun and all, but I think it's best for occasions. Best for occasions. All right. I feel special when I'm going to a butcher shop. You know what I mean? It's, I don't feel like I should be there every day. Yeah, you feel you feel like it's an event. Like you're you're right. You're going to an event type of day. But yeah, and people used to do it every single day. Can you believe that? I mean, that's kind of like the thing. Like there wasn't a supermarket. That's what like the invention of the supermarket was such a big deal because there wasn't there people had to go to specialty shops to get each and every one of those ingredients that they would to cook a good meal at home. Yeah, I uh see, it doesn't surprise me though because like you said there wasn't supermarket so uh, i mean yeah like it's not that shocking you. what it wasn't supposed to surprise you i'm just saying i mean life must have been much harder back then and a lot more I know. Well, you, you more did say you did say can you believe people so yes i do believe it's not that shocking yeah. so can you believe is how you set me up there so yeah i i, I do believe because there wasn't supermarkets and to be honest back then i guarantee you the butcher shops did have a little bit more lean towards the everyday stuff as well but your shops are different now so it's one of those uh everyday adapt type of things yeah absolutely unfortunately things change Eh, for the better sometimes sometimes not i i it it makes me think of malls i think i sent you something yeah you did about malls kind of making me sad it was like 25% 25% of malls will be bankrupt by the end of this year that are left. And there's only like a thousand malls open standing left in the United States. Mm-hmm. And like, that kind of makes me sad. I don't think that's for the better long-term. Like I, I think for me right now it works or for you, it works. But I think long-term like a mall is a good thing to have when you have kids and Christmas time and different right. things. Um, obviously I think there's still going to be malls. It's going to be like the right malls, you know, not every mall is going to work, but there'll be some that still work. I know a place we're going, Phoenix, you know, like they have a fashion square mall. It's one of the bigger malls in America. It's not shutting down. Bellevue Square here in, in Washington, not it's not shutting down. down. No. But well, I guess it begs the question, Sammy, what's more impor- important, right? Nostalgia or convenience? Well, I don't find malls to be inconvenient. This is the difference. So the, that that's there's the fine line. There's a point where in the world now we're getting too far into making everything called convenience when it's not always that convenient. I mean, to me, I don't find it convenient that I can't go to a store one day and shop for clothes. I don't like waiting for my clothes to ship, then trying them on. If I don't like them, I have to return them and ship. There's days where I would be like, I want to go to a mall. I want to go to Macy's or Nordstrom today and buy a t-shirt. If that doesn't exist in 10 years, I don't find that to be convenient. I I agree with you. I hope that exists forever. But in general... I just think that the reason that's why I asked nostalgia over convenience, like which one is more important? Like it's more convenient for us to have Amazon and click and now leave our door. And doesn't mean it's better. It's just more convenient. Uh, see, but this is what, once again, I don't think it's convenient in all aspects. That's what I mean. Yeah, so no, I agree. I think that that's the hard thing. I, I, I think the way you're saying it is correct because that's the way the world's treating it right now with Mm -hmm. everything right with amazon with malls with the way you shop everything the world's treating everything in just these two flat categories of uh 
would you say convenience and nostalgia and nostalgia it it's not that simple like i don't think the mall is a convenience first nostalgia thing i think there's some stores yes of course like there's certain things that amazon can get to the door for me in a minute that yeah the, the, it's completely convenience over nostalgia but i don't think i don't think things like you know some certain gift shops or certain clothing stores i don't think that's as simple as convenience versus nostalgia because like i said there might be a day if i have a wedding tomorrow and i'm like oh my god i don't have a dress shirt i i don't want to be in a situation one day where there's no such thing as like shop i agree stores, and i'm like fine i can't go get a, a dress shirt like gotta order my dress shirt. i gotta order five off amazon and hope they deliver in 17 minutes <laughs> they, probably, they, probably, they probably will actually yeah. the one thing though that I, I i mean i feel bad for my future kids and your future kids that i don't know where they're gonna go like to meet up with like girls or guys or significant others without their parents knowing the mall was kind of the place like oh mom can you take them to the mall? i'm gonna go meet with my friends and there's like a group two groups there you walk around now kids man you just gotta meet on zoom that's tough no, it, there's still there's still the movie theater, those areas will still have little shopping centers around. Like, yeah, drop me off at in downtown, blah, 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 whatever. Downtown this place, downtown this place. There's still going to be a movie theater with three, four restaurants, two or three shops. That will never shut down because it's not like people don't go outdoors. Okay. So... Well, you won't yeah. even have to ask your parents to drop you off. It'll be just an autonomous car and like driverless hey, Uber. Yeah, and then- younger people do Uber. And if you're old I, enough I to know, be hanging out friends without your parents, you're probably old enough to hop in a 10-minute Uber. No, so, totally. Yeah. It's a weird world we live in. The one thing, George, about malls and nostalgia and all this is I would – I'm going to be bummed if there's no place to take like my kids for a mall like Santa Pick or Easter Pick. That I agree with you completely. We need to save them all. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying maybe, all of them. Maybe there'll be an Amazon Santa. You just go online, you order Santa, he knocks on your door, he comes inside, he takes a picture, and then he leaves. You know what's actually going to happen, George? Because it's already happening. It's going to be Amazon malls. They have yeah. Amazon grocery stores. Oh, we took away the... This is what I'm saying. The the whole nostalgia versus convenience thing is BS because Amazon just is trying to trick that into people's minds so they can give you the malls. There's... A, Amazon shut down every damn bookstore in America. Then they're like, we're going to open up bookstores in the mall. <laughs> so like, I know. Oh, okay. Thanks, Amazon. I know. Like Amazon bookstore. Genius. Yeah. You know, they're <laughs> opening up a hairdresser now in London. Are they really? Yeah. So you walk into the hairdresser in London. This is so off topic, but you know, sometimes that's what, that's what's the cool about the icebreakers. It's like regular conversation. So you walk in, right? And you take, you look at the screen and it takes an A, uh, eye of your, or whatever of your face. And then you can just like see what haircut you want and match it to your face. But then a real person cuts it. So, but yeah, it's kind of cool. So you're telling me they really are having an Amazon haircut trial technology thing. Yes. So let's get this straight. Amazon now, (laughs) Amazon does groceries. Yes. They do bookstores after shutting down bookstores. Yes. They do AI haircuts. Oh, yeah. They also eliminated the cashier at the uh, grocery store with their like automatic walking things. I can't lie. It's like you can be mad about some of these things, but it's actually just pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, you don't want to hear about the one that they might eliminate next. And I think with Amazon's trying to start their own music thing right now. 
and every so it would learn what you like and just make random like sounds and stuff to fit your need and you don't have to listen to music anymore it'd just be like sammy likes this certain sound so it'd be like a station of just sounds that sammy likes but it's only for you hmm yeah i don't like it yeah not a big fan of that i'm not a big fan of that um all i gotta say with amazon take away haircuts take away malls bookstores whatever you want to do just don't take away santa pictures for my future kids. That's all I asked. There was something special about me walking into the mall on Christmas and getting a Santa pick. I've always uh, wanted to take my damn kids. I don't have I, kids, but I want to do it one day. I know. Well, the lucky news for you is probably by the time you have kids, I will still exist. But your kids' kids are kind of screwed. Maybe. We don't know. Probably. Well, George, that's it for Icebreakers today. I'll save my topic for another day. All right. Because that, that was perfect. Um, that, that, that was nice and long. Yeah, I mean, like, I, we got into malls. We got into whatever we wanted to get into. Some Kevin Durant, Butchers, Nostalgia. I think a nice conversation between Nostalgia versus Convenience. convenience. And, you know, I don't think they go one-on-one. I kind of like it, though. Perfect. All right. Um, we're on to the Seattle Mariners is yep. what we're doing here now. And we're playing, I mean... One of the best teams in baseball who wasn't supposed to be good, kind of like us, the Boston Red Sox coming up uh, with a, what, a four-game set or th- two-game set here? Or three? Three. Three games against Boston. Four games. Uh, four games. And good news for the Mariners. Um, Kyle Lewis has only been back for one game. More good news for the Mariners. We have our best prospect and maybe coming up in May or June in, in, uh, in Jared Kalenic. And our best pitching prospect, Logan Gilbert, is expected to come up maybe next month or in June as well. And he could already be, they're saying, the best pitcher in our um, in our rotation from day one. Yeah. Um, you started with all the good news, so I'll give some uh, pessimistic news. All right. The Mariners have fallen out of first place already because somehow the Oakland Athletics, again, they do this every year. They start off 1-7, and seven, and now they're on a 10-game winning streak. And they're sitting at 11 and seven in first place, I believe, or 12 and so whatever it is. And this coming out of nowhere, right? I mean, who wins 10 straight after starting off one and six, one and seven, whatever it is? We dropped out of first place. We split with the Dodgers, which was good news, but now we're coming up on a tough part of our schedule, George. You have four games against the Red Sox, who are first in the AL East. You got three, four games against the Houston Astros, who are in last place, but now they're getting all their players back from COVID protocol. And then you got three games against the Angels who are one game behind us. The Mariners have a chance to either make a great statement over the next 10 games, like, yeah, we're actually a team that's going to compete for the playoffs, or have an epic collapse of like, eh, the first couple of weeks was just the first couple of weeks. As usual. Um, all right. So our record is what right now? Uh, 10 and uh, 11 and 7. 11 and 7. I would be so happy in these next 10 games if we go 5-5. Five and five. Come out of it 16-12? Yeah. I will like, literally be so relieved because it's very possible to go to Boston and lose three out of four. It's easy to go to Houston and lose two out of three, and it's easy to play Los Angeles and pl- lose uh, three out of four. It's very Correct. easy. 
So that's why I'm trying to be a little pessimistic. But at the same yeah. time, like I said, this is the time that's going to tell us, are they really for real or not? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to know until now. Like, this is the time right. to know. Um, but even with that, like you said, five and five would be fine for me as well because my biggest thing with the Seattle Mariners today and probably for the rest of the season, regardless if they make a playoff run or not, or if they keep playing really well or not, I want to keep seeing this development, right? Whatever we've seen so far this year, there's a different feel to it, I would say, compared to other years. There's a different feel to the team that these young guys, the way they compete, the way they have comeback victories, our, our bullpen that's been kind of amazing. There's a different feel to this team. And if you go on a stretch five and five, like you said, against the first place Red Sox, the Astros who aren't playing great, but they have a lineup in there. They've been, it's been COVID protocols. That's why they've been out and not playing well. And then the Angels, who are a very, very talented team, it will tell you a lot about this team in the sense that, you know, they might, they're, they're not they're not the best team in baseball, right? They might have a top three record, but they're not that much. They don't have that talent, but they are on the right track. And with the prospects we have, it reminds me a lot of the Chicago Cubs team that was just bad for a couple of years and really just stacked up the Chris Bryant's, Kyle Schwarber's, um, Anthony, Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo type of, yeah, type of team. And now the Mariners are in a place where you have Hanniger who's back playing amazing baseball. You have Kyle Lewis, who is rookie Talk of the on year. Lord, please, because there's never been a time that Hanniger never, never got hurt. Like, hopefully that continues. Hopefully it continues. Um, Kyle, Kyle Lewis is obviously rookie of the year last year. If you get Kelnick coming up, if you get Rodriguez within the next year or two and all our pitching prospects, all of a sudden you have a baseball team that really has three, four stars. And the Mariners haven't had that organically since the late 90s. Oh, no, totally, totally. And, you know, but the one thing that concerns me and is our division. Like you said, the Angels. I mean, Otani might be the MVP, and they already have a guy in an MVP in Mike Trout. You got the Astros, who we know are absolutely loaded. And we got the Athletics, who've won 11 straight. Like, we're, we went from a division that was like the Angels were winning the division. I think the other – or the Astros were winning the division. I think the other year were like 14, 15 games to a division that I think you really – we have a four, four teams that could really make noise in the division this year, including us. Um, us, not because of our hitting so much not because of our rotation so much, but our bullpen has been lights out. And a lights out bullpen is proven over and over and over in baseball that to can keep you in games as long as your starting pitching doesn't implode, which our starting pitching, spoiler alert, could implode because we've already lost James Paxton. Um, Marco Gonzalez finally pitched a good game, but of course, uh, as any Mariner pitcher who pitches a good game, got zero run support yesterday. And um, in general... I just feel like, Vo, with our bullpen, we can compete with the big boys. I just want hope that our hitting can c- get up there so we can, you know, make that run. But the division's tough. Yeah, the division is tough. Um, I wanted to, because you did mention the bullpen, I was going to give you a little uh, statistic on the, uh, on the bullpen here. Um, you, you said they've been lights out, and I'll just. Through 18 games, the Mariners' bullpen has a 2.69 ERA. The batting average, 215 uh, opponent's batting average. 
Um, they, I think it's been 24 consecutive innings without an earned run allowed by the bullpen. That's, that's very good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's pretty amazing. That's almost um, three games. That's two and a half baseball games. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And in, in the last 10 games, the bullpen is tied for first in all of MLB, um, tied with the Dodgers, the best team in baseball with a one, seven, six ERA, um, one in their one and five with five saves. So they're what one in five, five and one. Sorry, five and one. Okay, I was gonna saves. say, man, like they must got no luck. They're like giving up twenty four no runs and they're one in five. But yeah, one five and one. Well, it wouldn't have made sense. I said one and five with five saves. So. Oh yeah, totally. But yeah, uh, it's it's a uh, bullpen that's kind of been dominant and and it's really helped because this Mariners hitting has been such a late hitting team like everything six inning and on what better than to have a bullpen that just holds it down during those times nothing better i mean i guess if i could have one thing in all of baseball like if you ask me your team can only have one trait right great starting rotation great hitting great defense or great bullpen i don't i don't know what it would be great fielding i would say great bullpen because six inning on, if I know that when the game is close, that they're going to just be shut shutting down people. I mean, that's why that 116 win Mariner team was so damn good. The bullpen with Jeff Nelson and Kazuhiro Sasaki were it was lights out. As soon as they came in, it was over. Uh, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, no one was getting runs, and I, that would be to me the number one trade in a baseball team that I would you know love to have if I could choose just one. And we have that, but I, I would of course like to see some hitting come our way. Yeah. Which yeah, which trait would you choose if you could choose one? I mean, bullpen is obviously one that I'd be interested in, but I would obviously, I think, go with extremely good hitting team. But because there's nothing like a team that hits well. But I, I the bullpen's important because obviously, starting pitchers. You can have two starting good starting pitchers and three bad. It's really not helping your team that much, right? I'd rather have a balanced bullpen. Just means you're probably staying in every game, yeah, or good hitting. So, but I'll take bullpen because I've seen a team like the Mariners this year, you know, eleven and seven, and they they ha- they, they haven't been hitting that good, right? They might have been good late innings, but I mean, I think we have one guy over three hundred on our entire lineup. And you're 11 and seven, and that's because the bullpen is not, you know, not giving up anything. And I really think I think Hanniger's the only person on the Mariners lineup that is batting over 300. Yeah, uh, I think he might have dipped below 300 even after yesterday's performance, but I could be totally wrong about no, that. He's 315. Okay, that's good. Seeger's 224. Evan White's 186. Trammell's 176, Moore's batting 115, Crawford <laughs> batting 241. I mean, these guys are making Sean Figgins, or sorry, Chone, Chone. Figgins, uh, look like uh, Barry Bonds is with their numbers they're putting up. Um, I do want to mention one thing more about the Mariners before we move on. Um, I think it's remarkable how patient this team has been in building this re- this very long rebuild here for the last few years. Um, I need to pause you for a second, though. Yeah, Ty France is batting 306, so we have two guys. Oh, okay. We, um, anyway, <laughs> I just threw some French in there for no reason. We all, but... we all heard the joke. I think George, I George won't move on from a joke unless it's strongly acknowledged. He said we, and then just froze. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know if you un- understood what I was saying. But anyway, the point was we France. Yeah. Anyway, um, the thing I wanted to say was it's been very nice. Like with Scott Service, right? How many years Scott Service has been? Like four or five years, I think, at the helm now, and the team has never made the playoffs. Not really been necessarily close to making. Well, one year was close, I guess, to making the playoffs, and we've just been really patient with him. We haven't fired him, and I, I kind of like that. I kind of appreciate the patience of the Mariners as far as with the manager's concerned, because at the end of the day. I think you could put Joe Torrey from 97 coaching this team the last few years and they're not making any playoff runs. Yeah. Uh, I like it too. I mean, I think it just shows stability. If you look at most good franchises in general, it's, you don't have that many coaches or managers or whatever it's called based on the sport. Um, that's a goal that any team should have. And, you know, I, I, one of my biggest pet peeves in general and pro sports is GMs firing coaches when the GMs fuck up the team. So <laughs> I like, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that, um, Jerry, to put out of my favorite soccer team right that. now, like they fired their, can you say that again? Oh, I said, we saw that for my favorite soccer team right now with the Tottenham Hotspur. Like they fired their coach because the general manager sucks. And, there's no defense, and they hired a defensive coach with no defense, and then, of course, they're giving up goals, so they fire him. But you're right. I, that's my biggest pet peeve in sports, too. Yeah, and I, I was saying that I don't blame Jerry DePoto. I'm not saying he fucked up the team. I'm, I think that he's actually put the team in the right direction in the sense that you know he's was trying to do an actual rebuild. The Mariners have spent, I'd say, 18 years, like, doing a baby rebuild for a year or two and then overpaying a couple guys collapsing, doing a baby rebuild for a year, paying some guys collapsing. And this time we actually said, okay, let's just like not be that good for two, three years. And we actually rebuilt the team. But I like that as the general manager, DePoto said, I'm going to build this team. I hired a guy that I trust to be manager, knowing that we're not going to succeed at first. And then once we're, a good lineup once I mean here's the deal I think if Scott Service doesn't make the playoffs in the next two years now he'll be out yeah but I I do love that we said okay you're part of this rebuild like I, I feel so bad for some coaches in the NBA or NFL sometimes like the Texans coach right now he's in in football he's 60 he's 59 years old his first coaching job now deshaun watson's about to walk they trade jj watt or they cut jj watt they do all these things if the team sucks is it really his fault if deshaun no, he'll probably get fired though and they'll bring in someone else and then he'll never get a job again he'll never get a job again yeah i have a question for you and this is literally be, i'm just like the third time i said last thing about the Mariners, but you did say something important about jerry depoto building it from the ground up and we've been doing this you said for 18 years a little baby rebuild um and it made me wonder that yeah you're right we have been doing that who's a, like I, I off the top of my head who are the prospects that the mariners actually like drafted rebuilt up and became good major leaguers for the Mariners in these last 18 years. Other than like maybe Felix was great. And Kyle Seager, has there been anyone else that we've actually like brought up through the ranks and then become good for us? Yes. Or like in general, no, no, for us, for us, for us, Marco Gonzalez, I'd say is okay. 
Okay, yeah, he came through our system. Uh, Paxton, but then he left, and he never was, re- I guess. I don't want to talk about Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> it's the injuries just really. I was going to say Ty France, but then I remember he came from the Padres. Yeah, he's not a... Uh, Evan Hanniger White. came from the Diamondbacks, right? Hanniger's Hanniger. from the Diamondbacks. Yeah, Hanniger was on a trade. So Felix Seeger, Evan White, yeah, baby, we, we, we he's batting one fifty, batting one fifty, yeah. He's good goal. He's gold Glover. Yeah, he's a great defense defensive. Player. Evan White fits in the Mike Zanino category. Like, oh, great, great at his position. Okay, yeah, sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah, isn't that pretty remarkable? How bad that is in like eighteen years? You you just name you could like literally name two prospects that really panned out for us. Yeah, uh, like trying to think of one to be honest, but yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, so it goes to show. Also, Depoto really inherited a horrible, horrible farm system. Yeah, I guess Taylor Trammell was from our system. He's batting what one eighteen, and he's actually been pretty decent this year. I mean, he made yeah, 17. he's twenty three years old. And plus, this is his like first. Now he's coming up. Like he might be a major leaguer. Before this year, really nothing. He was drafted by Cincinnati, actually. Okay. But he's he's under our prospect rankings on MLB. Okay, okay, that, that, that's but what I mean. When you now, when you really go through our prospect rankings, I mean, like you know, we have Jared Kelnick. Kelnick, sorry, I'll say Kelnick. It's Kelnick. Me too. I know Kelnick. I always say it too. Julio Rodriguez, Emerson Hancock. I forgot about him actually. Ro- Logan, Logan Gilbert. Gilbert and George Kirby. Those that those are our top five prospects, and those guys are, you know, top prospects in baseball. Yeah, no, no, it's really exciting, and I'm just really excited to see where the future goes with the Mariners. Yeah, it's it's exciting. You have Kelnick and Rodriguez are ranked fourth and fifth in all of the MLB. Emerson Hancock's ranked twenty seventh. Logan Gilbert's ranked twenty ninth. Um, I mean, that's we have four guys in the top 30, and then George Kirby's at 82, Taylor Trammell was at 89, and Novila Marte shortstops at 96. So, I mean, we got a solid six guys in the top 100, which is a rare thing for a Mariners franchise as of late. No, absolutely, man. Um, and it's it's exciting, yeah, it, it really is. Um, well, let's hope for uh, <laughs> nothing but just uh, continued wins in a five for five, five and five split would not kill me, like you're saying on this next little road trip. No, no, no. I mean, I, I would come out of it like I wouldn't be like, oh man, that was a great road trip. But I'd come out of it at least like saying, hey man, you know, feeling pretty good here. Yeah, we did. We did what we could. Exactly. All right. Well, for those. Uh, that are Mariner supporters, don't forget to check us out at Sant Seattle, S-O-N-T Seattle on all platforms. We do a lot of Seahawks and Mariners there and hopefully some Kraken one day, hopefully some Sonics if they ever come back, but check us out there. And uh, next we're going to do a Super League comparison to what it would be in college football. And for those that don't know what happened to the Super League, I'm going to let George explain this. I'm not the soccer guy, but it's pretty self-explanatory once you compare it to football. So if you could do us a favor, George, 
do you know say what was happening with the Super League, why it collapsed, and then you know explain it in college football terms so we can then go for it and, and and try to make our Super League out of college football. Yeah, I mean the best way to put it is college football or college basketball model. Really, I mean in soccer you have multiple leagues. You have the English Premier League. These are the big ones: the English Premier League, the um, the French League, the Italian League. La Liga, which is Spain, and um, I'm sure I'm just blanking on one other league right now for no reason. And so you have these big leagues, right? And or the German league is the fifth big league. So that would be kind of like the big five in college football. You would have the SEC, which would be like the English Premier League. You'd have the ACC, which I would probably say is La Liga. And, you know, you just go from there and et cetera, et cetera. So soccer, basically every year, all these leagues play and the top X amount in each league, I think, Four, uh, I think Germany gets four, Italy gets three, uh, something like that. They go to the Champions League where they play and become champion of Europe. So it's almost like they made the college football playoffs, right? So every league, you want to win your league, you want to finish high in your league so you get invited to the Champions League. So they wanted to make the Super League, which in general would have made everyone play in their league, like if Al- if everyone played in the SEC every year. And, um, but it doesn't matter. You still make the college football playoff no matter where you finish. So it would be like if you play the SEC and Mississippi State won, well, Mississippi State, you're not part of the Super League. So you don't get to go to the Super, to the college football playoffs. So that's kind of what they did. So fans freaked the fuck out. They did protests on the streets in Europe and they stopped the Super League. Everyone literally pulled out right away. So, um, so the, all the leagues are saved now and it goes back to show like, Hey, you have to earn your spot to make the big dance. Um, you have to earn your spot to make the college football playoff. So I thought it'd be fun to do this. Let's pretend there was a super league in college football. So you don't have, you play the season, you still go through the sec, you still go through the ACC, you still go through the big 12, but you're automatically in the college football playoff every year, no matter what happens. Um, how would you how would we do that so there's 12 teams in the super league but they wanted to end up with um 15 teams so we'll do the same with college football number one gets a buy 15 college football teams who would they be let's build our super league was that a good explanation or is that kind of hard to understand uh it was fine so (laughs) no it wasn't hard to understand i think it's just a complicated situation in general but I think when you put it in terms of, I think it's a little more complicated because it's not like conferences in soccer. Like college football makes it more simple. But like you said, basically you have the Power Five teams, you have the Power Five conferences, and you know some stranglers like the like Notre right. Dame. If we had to take fifteen teams from all Power Five conferences, like as an example, you can start with Alabama and Clemson or whatever. Hmm. Where would what would be our fifteen teams that make it out? Yeah. All right. So let's let's start with the obvious number one, um, independent, and then we'll go through conferences. They don't have to be even, by the way. I mean, the English Premier League got six teams in the Super League. Other team, other leagues got three. So it doesn't have to. Oh, be I, I was not planning on making it even oh, at all. Okay. I'm just I'm just making sure we know that. Um, Notre Dame is an obvious. They're just in. We get through the independent. Let's move on to the SEC. You have no, you have no problem there putting Notre Dame there, right? Oh yeah, obvious. It's an obvious one. I mean, we 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 can start. We can break off the obvious like five six just to get going. I'm gonna write them down. All right. We have Notre Dame. 
I already mentioned. Let, let's let's break out the three obvious ones as of late, which would be Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Clemson, Clemson say that again. Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to kind of go uh, conference by conference and make it a little easier to remember. Who think, okay, about. if you want to do it that way, we could do it that way. Yeah, I mean, it just, just make it easier for me to break it down and remember who who I talked about. So let's go through SEC. All right. All right, easy. Uh, Alabama, LSU are shoo-ins? Uh, I would, I would say sure. I think we should write down the teams that we think could possibly make it, and then we'll eliminate it at the end. Because okay. if we go through conferences, this is why I wasn't doing it that way. To be honest, you could end up with like seven from the SEC, and in reality, that's not how it would break down because they would, it would probably be spread out a little more. Sure, but then that's why, like, if there's someone at the end, we can we we can we can take them out later on. Um, so Alabama, LSU are obvious. Yep, Florida. I would say they have to be on the list. All right. Um, who else would you have to put on there? I think you would have to put in just because of the amount of money they have. Tennessee and Texas A and M. See, uh, this is where we're already going to disagree. And I'm going to write them down because in reality, we're not just talking about money when it came to the Super League. You were talking about like the major franchises. Yeah, which is money. I mean, Arsenal made it. They kind of suck right now and they have hella money. That, that's fair. But I think at the end of the day, if you're ranking like SEC schools by tiers, you'd have Georgia somewhere in the top. Oh, three I forgot four, about I Georgia. Oh, my God. I am sorry. I, for, I, I totally spaced out on Georgia. Uh, absolutely. So, like, I, I could easily see a team like Texas A&M falling out, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll leave them on the list. As of right now, we have Alabama, LSU, Florida, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Georgia. And I'm going to throw one last one that I think needs to be in consideration, mm -hmm. uh, which is Auburn. Okay, cool. Let's throw those. Uh, in, and then we'll, we'll start crossing off teams later. Let's go to the ACC I think Clemson, Florida State are the only two that I would, and Miami are the only three that I would consider. Clemson, Florida State, Miami. And remember, this is college football. We're not talking about college basketball. Right. It's obviously, if we're talking basketball, we'd be throwing in a, some UNC and, and Duke here. Duke, yeah. Um, let's see. We're, we, we did Clemson. Uh, who who else is in the ACC? Uh, North Carolina would not even be considered. Virginia, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking about it's mostly those teams, unfortunately, for the ACC. I think, uh, you know, back in the day, you might have considered like a Boston College or a team right. like that, but they've just been, as of late, not so great. It kind of... A team like Boston College reminds me of maybe like a South Carolina for the SEC. Like 10 years ago, you'd probably throw in South Carolina on this list. Totally. But, I, I, think that, I think that's pretty fair about those three only. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's move to the Big 12 because I think there's only two teams in the Big 12 that deserve this. And uh, I think it's very easy. I'll let you say them. Oklahoma. Yes. And the Big 12. Yeah. Oklahoma. Oh, Texas? Yeah. 
Yeah. I I'm don't think anyone. Think if there's anyone else, I mean, Baylor might be in consideration. Possibly. But probably not because of how many teams need to come out of this SEC. Exactly. So I think just those two. Uh, would you put anyone else? I, I Is there anyone I'm forgetting? Am I being disrespectful to Kansas football? No. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything we're missing here, but I really don't think so. I mean, Oklahoma State has been very good, but they haven't done enough real winning. That's how I was feeling. Did you want to put them on the maybe list? Like if we find a straggler later and not even worth it? Not not really, no. No, because I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think if there was a maybe, I'd throw an SEC team into there. Because we're already at like 12. We haven't got to the Pac-12 or the Big Big 10. So Yeah, we're going to have to cross off some SEC schools, I think. Yeah, yeah like a lot of them. All right, um, Big Ten, man. This is this is tough. All right, this is my this is one I'm struggling with. We know that for sure is Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, let's talk about a school that's also better than Michigan as of late or as of the last long time. Penn State. Yep, I know that's another one. Wisconsin. Wisconsin would be in before Michigan right now. Right now, we're talking about the reality of the world. It doesn't matter because we're talking about money now. This is about money at this point, right? Like that's why everyone hated the thing. Like Wisconsin would be like in the English Premier League. Like Chester wasn't invited to the Super League. They're like a top two team every single year, but they didn't get invited because they're not a big name. Michigan's like Arsenal. Like it's sorry, you're just one of the biggest names in college football history. You get invited. That's why people hate this so much. That's why all like, overrated why these days. Yeah, Fine. it's about even if you're overrated, it's just how much money, how big of a name you are. Then it's just it's just those four. Yeah. How about Nebraska? Nope. That's another team of college football destiny and dynasty. Nope. If Wisconsin can't be in there, then it can't be Nebraska either. Nebraska is not Nebraska is not seen like that anymore. You're thinking 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, then can you just throw Nebraska and Wisconsin in the maybe's list? Along with those SEC at maybe list, and then we'll have to see who we are inviting. They're already off, though. I mean, like we're already at like sixteen teams. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of maybes in the SEC. (laughs) Okay, but if you're gonna not if you if you're gonna say Wisconsin can't go ahead of a Michigan, then they're not going ahead of a Georgia, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Florida, or Alabama. They might. I mean, but they're not. You just answered it. It's our list. It's not like uh, we can't. We can't. It's not like uh, we're sending this to a committee. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pac-12, obviously Washington. You got to get the Seattle market. You got to get the Seattle market in there. They wouldn't make this, but we can keep going. Uh, USC. USC would be the first team to make it. Oregon would probably be the second team to make it. Yep. And then it'd be between Washington or UCLA. UCLA. You know, UCLA is not that good about, but I just think they would spread it out. I, I mean, I'm not just, I am a homer, but I actually think they'd want the Seattle Northwest market and then have an Oregon for the Nike and then USC because it's USC. Yeah, I, I don't really know if they'd care about Seattle. They have Pacific Northwest is Oregon. Um, you know, we don't have yeah, everything. Oregon is 100% in. Yeah. Oregon and USC are for sure. Yeah. And then. Uh, I think you would consider um, Stanford. They would have considered them like six, seven years ago. There would have been a consideration when they were kind of hot every single year Mm -hmm. um, because of the academic side, because of they're just, you know, 
top right. notch academically. It's like a good look, but right now I agree they would not be considered. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's it. All right. So, what do we have? Who do we need to cross out? Who are our for sures? Well, let's start with the for sures. You have Notre Dame. Okay. Alabama. LSU. That's three. Okay. Um, I'm going to give... I'll, I'll, we, we can leave Florida on the borderline for a second. Ooh, Florida. Alabama, LSU. Let's go to... Oklahoma and Texas are making it. Yep, that's five. There's no question about those two. The only None. two from that conference. Ohio State and Michigan are for sure. Yep, that's seven. Okay. USC, Oregon are for sure. One second. Okay. Um, we have Ohio State, Michigan, we said, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Clemson. Oh, uh, easy. Florida State. Before I even throw Florida State, I think we should throw Miami. I agree. Miami. Just pause on Florida State for 10 seconds. Um, and let's throw USC and Oregon because we said those were for sure. Yeah. You have to have okay. some representation in the Pac-12. Not just that. I mean, they would make it regardless of Pac-12 or not. Yeah. Because it's USC. No, no, USC for sure. Oregon, Nike for sure. So here's who we have for sure All right. in our Super League college football. We have number one, Notre Dame, two, Alabama, three, LSU, four, Oklahoma, five, Texas, six, Ohio State, seven, Michigan, eight, Clemson, nine, Miami, 10, USC, 11, Oregon. So we have four spots left. Did you say Oklahoma? Yeah. Okay. We so have we have four, four spots. spots left. All right. I'm giving one of those spots to... Do we say Michigan, Ohio State, or for sure, right? Uh, yes. So okay. I'll read the I'll read this list again. Okay. And then I think we should do two spots given by George, two spots given by Sammy. Okay. We have Notre Dame, Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Miami, USC, and Oregon. All and right. I'll tell you, in the SEC, we have Florida, A and M. Tennessee, Georgia, and Auburn waiting. Yeah. They're on the wait list. Okay. We have Penn State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska on the wait list. Mm -hmm. We have Florida State on the wait list. And we have Washington and UCLA on the wait list with four Ooh. spots left. All right. Um, Let's do some elimination together. Okay. I think we can eliminate UCLA. I think we have to eliminate UCLA. I believe we could eliminate Wisconsin. I agree with Wisconsin. Or Penn State. I don't know. Let's start with the SEC. Can we eliminate Texas A&M? Yes. Can we eliminate Auburn? Yes. So now we have Florida, Tennessee, Georgia. I think Penn Georgia. State, Wisconsin, think, Nebraska. Okay. Well, let's do the SEC. I think Georgia deserves to be in no matter what. All right. I, I agree with that. All right. So now we're at 12. And I, I think you have to have Florida in there. I agree with that, too. Like, I'm sorry to Tennessee. They've been really bad at it as of the last 10 years. I, I agree. I think you have to have Florida and Georgia in there. You have to have the world's largest co outdoor cocktail party every year in the yeah. Super League. I mean, like, the, oh, the only team that we almost didn't even consider was Old Miss, by the way. 
I know, and I thought about them for a second, but you got to win something in in you know this last century for me to want to consider you. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So we are at. We are at. Let's read this list, and then we have five teams remaining on All the right. wait list. We have Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, Michigan State. Sorry, not Michigan State. Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Miami, USC, and Oregon. Okay. We have two spots remaining? Two spots remaining. And I'm going to read you our five remaining teams. Okay. And I know you're a Washington homer, but I'm just telling you they probably don't fit off, off this list. And I'm going to tell you why they fit on this list, and I think they have to be on this list. I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. Then let's let's do it this way. You ready? Yeah. Penn State or Washington? Not don't. This is not who we're putting on the list. We're just talking programs right now, money, right. everything. The, the last, the the ones won the most recent national championship is Washington. Out of a Pac-12, the last two national champions out of a Pac-12 are USC and Washington. Okay, so let's remove Penn State. They're not making okay. it then. I think these four teams are the fair teams left for the final two. Yeah, is Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Florida State, and Washington. Okay. Here's what Washington. I think if you look at our map, there, we have only two teams close to the West Coast. I'm throwing Washington in there. Wow. What a poor choice, but that's fair. <laughs> but I mean, dude, you also have to get the whole all parts of your country. Like we're building a super league. This is like Atletico Madrid, who never wins shit. They made the super league because you kind of had to. Like you have to kind of throw in a team from there, and you kind of need to get that region interested in it. Yeah, I just think we're in a tricky situation here when we have three Pac-12 teams, and we only have two Big Ten. And two ACC, and we have. I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's a little tricky. I, I, think, I think we need to uh, agree with that one right there. It is a little tricky. That's a. Uh, Our super league could have sixteen teams. It doesn't have to be fifteen. That's true. I mean, it doesn't have to be. We could flow, throw Florida State and Wisconsin in there if we want. Okay, so here's where we're at. We have one independent team in Notre Dame. We have the four SEC teams, two from every other conference other than the Pac-12 that has three. I do think my personal choice, you personally went with Washington. Mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin has been a pillar of what success means, even okay. if not winning a national championship, just consistency. They've been more consistent than Texas. They've been more consistent than Michigan. They've been more consistent than, than Miami than Florida even almost, you know, like other than Florida's national championship with Tebow, like they've been the pillar of consistency. So I'm throwing in Wisconsin okay. on my list. Um, why, don't we throw, why, why, why don't we, I mean, they said that they, the, they were going to have expansion plans to up to 18 for the Super League. Why don't we throw Wisconsin in there, Florida State in there, and call it a day? Because now we have two teams left. Who are they? They're Nebraska and Florida State. Why don't we throw them both in? I think I think we have a very fair. I think that would be exactly what they would do, right? They'd they'd accommodate all sides of a country. You think right now they'd say, okay, you can throw in your, we'll throw in our third ACC team. 
Now, this is where it gets interesting then, okay? Yeah. Now we have four Big Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. We have three ACC schools, three Pac-12 schools, four... Well, I guess, yeah, four SEC schools. Now, Oklahoma and Texas, are they the only ones that would probably make it? Out of a Big know? 12? Yeah. yeah. It'd be the only ones. Like... Big 12 kind of went from 12 to eight teams or some shit like that. And the Big 10 went from 10 to 14. Okay, so. I like our Super League. I'm going to read it off now. All right. The College Football Super League, how we think it would uh, pan out if this was ever a thing. It'd be Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Oklahoma and Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Clemson, Miami, Florida State, USC, Oregon, and Washington. Right. Doesn't that sound right? Yeah. If there's any teams that I felt like we're missing, in Penn, all State. Honest, Penn State, maybe a little bit. Uh, but they I, like they, they, they fucked up with the whole thing with the child abuse thing. So you're getting punished for that. I'm just going to, I'm going to list out a couple that I feel like, okay, this is who are like borderline in my eyes. Yeah. Is like, you could consider Tennessee. you can consider a Louisville because they've been very okay. successful yeah. as of late. You could consider t- schools like T TCU, like you could consider schools like like what are some good examples? Tennessee. You could consider a little bit of the like BYUs of the world. If we're just talking in the sense of these are the teams I'm considering that aren't necessarily, you know, making a college football playoff, but like they have some, I don't know what the best way to, to, to put it is. They have some of that, ah, you know, like, yeah. You know what team doesn't I'm going to make us, by the way, a little on tier maker, a little, uh, how we rank them out basically right. for, from like the, 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 the obvious it's going to be like guarantees level two level three and like how we came up to our last choices yeah the last choices like I'll, i have to say like u-dub barely made the list if, the, if u-dub was based in like i don't know bellingham it's not on the list but seattle's a major market you want to get that amazon money sponsorships and all that i think it's clear the final teams that just got the last slip in for us was washington florida state and like nebraska wisconsin totally couldn't agree more yeah, and that those were based on location, a little bit of history, a little bit of you know what that Homerism by George. Yeah, a little homerness. But yeah, there it is. And um make sure everybody to follow us at pod that on all platforms. That's P-O-D that. And uh we'll be back. Uh we're gonna be continuing to do our icebreakers at the beginning of every show. We're gonna be doing Seattle oriented stuff in the middle and then finding a cool topic like this. Sometimes we're going to be taking out pod decks, George too, and asking us random questions, but we have reached our time limit for today. So it is episode 706 of the, that being said podcast. I always say that now of pod that that was our old name guys. So just give us a break. It's episode 706 of pod that with the George war brothers and uh, George, it's going to be a nice fun weekend. Let's enjoy the little bit of last sunshine we have here in Seattle before a week of rain. And uh, let's uh, enjoy some, uh, there's some good Mariners baseball going on.
Yeah, and uh, we'll enjoy some good steaks from the butcher because that's where I'm going uh, here in a couple hours, and I'll see you at the cabin. Big butcher guy. Big, I love big D's meats. Double D's. <laughs> Double D's meats. Double Peace D's out, meat. y'all, and we'll be back uh, within the week. So wait to hear from us. Peace. All right. Peace.